0: Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful?
1: I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Oh. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales.
2: Rupert, what are you thinking of?
1: Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I wasted collecting stamps.
2: Oh, like stamp collecting. No, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that.
3: Yeah, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so
0: terribly lonely. All right, Homer! You beat those
1: stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining.
0: Homer, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists.
1: You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of
0: dumbing
4: myself down for you.
3: From Spain and two from Japan, I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan, I got a planet from Poland, but none from Sudan, or from Fiji or Uzbekistan. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.
4: Live from the floor of the Sotheby's Stamp Auctions, this is the award winning stamp show here today. Episode number three hundred and six, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit five hundred one c three corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Cash. This is Albert. This is Mark. This is Becca,
2: and this is Dave.
4: So today, and I know everybody may know this already, but uh, it was just an, we record a week early, so you'll be hearing this a week after it happened. But the one cent. Magenta, British Guiana, number, number what? What's the Scott number on this? It's just a one cent magenta. It just sold at auction at Sotheby's. 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 Yeah. Yeah, was, no R. It, it, There's no R.
0: It was Sotheby's. Pro- yeah. Mm-hmm. You should say it was the property of the famous shoe, uh, woman's shoemaker Stuart Weitzman.
4: Yeah. But, well, I don't have to because you just did.
3: <laughs> Stanley Gibbons via Twitter. Today we were the successful bidder of British Guiana One Cent Magenta, and it was purchased at hashtag auction total of $8.3 million, as well as making it available for viewing at three ninety nine Strand. It's our intention to make it available for all to own a piece. Visit com for more. From the aforementioned... Our intention is to share this with everyone, so in addition to making the stamp available for viewing at the Stanley Gibbons Flagship Store at 399 Strand, London, we plan to democratize the ownership of this unique item. For the first time ever, you will be able to own your very own piece of the British Guiana One Cent Magenta. Interested? Register below and keep up to date with this exciting project.
4: Yeah, so that's it, uh, onecentmagenta.com. So that's interesting. That That is breaking news like as of a couple minutes ago. Hmm.
2: Well, I want the R from British. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you could put it into Sotheby's. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is interesting because uh, Stanley Gibbons is indirectly an uh, investment company. They sell stamps. The Stanley Gibbons catalog is actually a price list. And so uh, you can buy a piece of the one-cent magenta. Now, here's the interesting thing, and this is easy for anybody to pull up. Stanley Gibbons is a publicly traded company. Uh, We reported on it, I think like a year and a half ago, we were keeping up on it pretty regularly. Uh, The stock price was at a high of three pounds per share. Now it's at three pennies per share, 99% loss in the value of the stock. Uh, They had $2.5 million on hand. That's from their financials. So they bought an $8.3 million stamp, obviously with some lender money. So I guess they're going to syndicate this now to other people. And uh, this is an interesting one because it will show how they come up with the $8.3 million.
5: Maybe they're going to make payments.
4: Yeah. Well, when we were walking home from lunch, I said, well, they probably have a person who loaned them the $8.3 million and the collateral is a stamp. And so they pay. And if they pay off, they own the stamp. And if they don't pay off, then the person repossesses the stamp and sells it again but you know that's just conjecture um, it is interesting and Albert you reminded us another story about the corners of the stamp
0: Oh, the famous story about the the stamp was when it was sold in the Ferrari sale in 1924 it had it was just missing one corner and the purchaser was Arthur Hine, who was an American And in 1930, he asked the advice of a number of the most famous philatelists what to do with the stamp. And they all suggested that he take off the three other corners to make it an octagonal stamp. And that's what he did.
4: Now, you know, I was just thinking, owning a piece of the one-cent magenta, there are three little corners out there someplace. You could literally own a piece of the one-cent magenta if you could get your hand on one of those corners.
0: One wonders what the Hind, uh, whoever the the heirs of, of Arthur Hind's estate, where they've gone.
4: I mean, because, I don't know, I, I'm a stamp collector. Stamp collectors have this weird mentality. I don't think they would have thrown them away. I think they probably exist someplace.
2: Well, listen, in your collection you have a uh, match in medicine, uh, stamp that there's only four exists but you have like just a section yeah. of it <laughs> yeah.
4: i and yeah I'm it's very a, proud of it it's a dr jane and sons one of four known and actually it's one of 4.33 known because it was on a flap and i have the flap but i don't have the box so the flap had one third of the stamp the box had two thirds of the stamp nobody knows where the box is but if uh, it's ever found, then uh, we can hinge the two pieces together and have an actual stamp. Yeah, well, completed stamps are overrated. I collect salvage. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I saw a person who was selling the hinges off of a uh, set. It was a hinge Zepsat and he sold the hinges, and he, he got ten bucks for them. You know, whatever. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs>
0: So are we? So in this era now, are we going to have public ownership of stamps? I mean, you have the the one. There's one publicly traded football team in the United States. That's the Green Bay Packers. And four different times they've put up their shares for sale. You're allowed to buy one share for like fifty dollars, or maybe now it's like seventy-five dollars. They send you out a share, and it's beautiful, and you can frame it but uh, uh, that's the only number of shares you're allowed to own. So is that what they're going to do with this stamp?
4: Well, I remember both Disney and Playboy both had very, very nice stock certificates. And there are a huge number of people who bought a single share. And so I don't think Playboy is worth anything, but Disney is up like 100 bucks a share. So there are a lot of kids' scrapbooks out there probably that have a share of Disney in it that's a $100 bill. So uh, that's, you know, an aside that, yes, people do do this. But how many people here at the table are going to uh, want to own a piece of the one cent magenta? Actually, that's an unfair question. It depends on the price point, because I'll throw a couple bucks in just to say I own it.
0: I think, based on the realization, they're much more ambitious than just a couple of bucks, yeah,
4: well, I mean, you can join the podcast for ten bucks lifetime membership. I give ten bucks to own a piece of the One cent Magenta lifetime membership.
5: Well, if I own a piece of the One cent Magenta and I don't want to sell and it goes up for sale, can I hold off and and uh you can stop the sale from yeah. happening?
4: Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a funny feeling you sign away all your rights. And also
0: <laughs> and also if something happens to you and you
4: and you die, I mean, what do your heirs get? Well, like I said, I really want to find those corners. Because if there's three corners, you can own an actual piece of the one cent magenta. As a matter of fact, I might just find a little piece of red piece of paper <laughs> <laughs> and say, Look what I owned
0: and then the other major thing that was sold at the sale today was the uh, $0.24 the C3A plate block.
4: Yep. Yep. That went, we, both of them didn't get their pre-sale estimate. They both did very well. The uh, $0.01 cent Magenta was a, sl- uh, was a loss, a, a small loss. Well, I mean, I guess $800,000 isn't small. But so uh, the, he sold it for $800,000 less than he bought it for. The uh, plate block... Probably broke even, but he made it all up on that 1933 gold coin he had, which uh, made like a $9 million profit on. So, all in all, invest in collectibles.
0: Yeah, that's Yeah. that's the only 1933 Double Eagle that's actually legal to own.
4: Yep. Via Mr. Farouk.
0: Right, it, it was actually certified by the Treasury that, that it could be sold. Yep.
4: So today we're going to speak about errors, and really what I want to center in on is what errors are versus what printer's waste is. So uh, who wants to give a different definition of printer's waste?
5: Well, first, there's a lot of error stamps out there. If you go and search on eBay or on Hipstamp and search for errors, you see tons of error stamps. and it, uh, it, it, it does not make sense to me that those stamps were sold over a post office counter um, to exist in, in the marketplace. Therefore, uh, I postulate that the vast majority of errors uh, were smuggled out in the shorts of a uh, worker at Senate Security Products or a similar company.
4: Well, we describe the errors, though, because it does make a difference. I mean, I can see some errors crossing the counter. Yeah, I can see no way that other ones cross the counter.
5: Right. Uh, Major color missing errors, um, you know, major, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, misperfs, that type of thing.
4: Well, perforations now are different because they do the die cutting. Right. I can see uh, die cutting omitted getting through because it's hard to see a die cut.
5: Yeah, and in fact, uh, we were at a stamp show when uh, when the magic uh, three three stamp pane was sold. Lenticular. The, the, yeah, the lenticular stamps, and um, the uh, and and they were sold by the USPS at the show, and they did not realize that there were some that were missing die cuts, and once they were alerted by a collector who complained yeah, yeah. that uh, that the stamp was missing die cuts they immediately uh, um, uh, confiscated all the stock that they had and they stopped selling them
4: yep yep and that's not the first time that sort of story has come up you know a person buys some stamps and says hey these stamps are faulty can I have my money back or could you trade them in and they're trading in you know tens of thousands of dollars of worth of stamps for postage Right, but yeah, I I, I remember that because you know being a magician, that's one of my favorite stamps. Yeah, so there there are
5: noted uh, and uh, noted examples of these things happening. Of course, the famous being the uh, the inverted Jenny, the C three A, Yep, um, they just sold. right? Um, but uh, um, but also you know certain inverts and, and that type of thing. So it happens, but the with showing the the vast, you know, array and and volume of errors out there, it just, it it defies logic that, um, that every one of those were sold over a post office counter. So how do they make it into the marketplace?
4: Well, there's a long history of printer's waste versus errors. And you go back to, like, revolutionary Russia, And there were a huge amount of, you know, they'd mess up on a printing and they'd throw it in the trash can. And then they'd put it outside to burn. And then a revolution occurred and they never got around to really burning all that stuff. And so it all hit the stamp market. And I know personally of a lot of the printer's waste from uh, Russian Revolution period that, you know, people are saying are errors and it's not. It's just printer's waste. But the new stuff, like I said, I could very easily see die cuts being missed. But some of the stuff that's coming out, you know, air, any electric eye examining device would have kicked these things out. Yeah, exactly. So, um,
5: is there a is there a clandestine uh, market going on where a uh, an enterprising stamp dealer has gotten in touch with? people who work in these printing uh, companies and say, look, can you, uh, you know, can you get me some of this stuff and I will augment your,
4: uh, your paycheck. I will cross your palm with silver. Right.
0: Well, there are, there are errors or are listings in the Scott Specialized Catalog and also in the Specialized Error Catalog where one year they get it listed and then the next year it gets delisted because the research is done and it's found out that it came out of the back door of a printing company. Yep.
2: Well, aren't also that some of the Washington Franklins printing waste, but they have catalog numbers?
0: Um, you're talking about coil waste stamps, for instance. Mm-hmm. That's a slightly different thing. That's that. Those are, were irregularly printed stamps that were used to re- originally stri- strip out coils, and then they, there were some leftover. And so since it was a large piece, they actually put it through a perforator. And actually, that's how you get some of the rare... Uh, coil waste varieties scott number 539 scott number 544 and then the uh
4: 596
0: yeah 594 and 596 everybody has,
4: everybody has a 596
0: but that but that's done by the bureau it's not done um, certainly since we've been contracting stamps out now to all these different security printers the number of errors has just exploded it's 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 astounding um, when the errors, when the stamps were being printed by the Bureau I know I was involved with uh, with with um, one error where they uh, it was uh, brought in by a po- by a postal clerk who had spotted them. He, he had purchased them out of there and then he brought it brought it to a store and uh, and uh, um, that's how uh, that's how they came they came to be and there were like 40 items and uh, Uh, At the time, there were three or four leading dealers in errors, and we made a phone call, and uh, and basically uh, one one of them bought it. Makes sense. But as far as some of the... It obviously makes me wonder what kind of quality control some of these security companies have when I see something that's been printed three or four times. And it's so obvious that, that it would be caught that I... It makes me think that it's going out the back door.
4: Well, in the olden days, and I'm talking like the 1920s even, but, uh, you know, you'd be printing, and there would be a piece of waste paper that, you know, got printed, and then somebody would spill some ink on the floor, and you'd just use that piece of paper to wipe up the ink. So all of a sudden you have this big, huge ink smear, and, uh, you know, it's very dramatic looking, but it was just, you know, it was a somebody was using the paper as a rag, and then some stamp collector got a hold of it and said, "Hey, how much money can I get for this?"
0: And then the the, the, the most obvious error um, in the Washington Franklin heads is the uh, five cent on from plate seventy nine forty two that was used to print both the. Uh, um, both the uh, imperfect and the uh, Perf 10 and the perf 11 uh, so 467 505
4: yeah this is the uh, you'll see these at the stamp show they're a block of usually nine or sometimes 12 if it's the pair and you'll have two cent stamps and then one five cent stamp in the middle and the interesting thing about that is and it was written you know several times uh, people go well is it a five cent stamp or a two cent stamp And the fact is, is that it is a two cent stamp. The post office has reaffirmed through, you know, all that time period. They said, yes, we made a mistake. We printed five. It's not a five cent stamp. It's a two cent stamp. If you put it on a five cent envelope, we're going to send it back three cents postage too. So fun stuff. But again, those were all hoovered up by the uh, stamp collecting community fairly quickly, and so uh, used one they didn't smuggle those out the back door. And used ones are pretty scarce. As a matter of fact, I think I've only seen one or two used ones, and one is still uncovered.
0: Now, true—now a true error um, that was—they only discovered one sheet originally was the Dag Hammarskjöld stamp. That was <laughs> the yellow was inverted. And because, because they found it, the post office printed one um, point three
4: million uh, million of them.
0: Right, but that, that the original ones, the ones that were actually used and on cover from the uh, earlier than the earlier than the issue date of the reissued error, those are actually very interesting items.
4: Yeah, there's a whole big thing in uh, Mad Magazine that we discussed in a prior episode. Even uh, Mad Magazine made a parody stamp of that.
0: Yeah. Now, um, the next big error in the United States was actually not a United States stamp. It was a Canal Zone stamp, and that was for the Thatcher Bridge. It was missing the bridge, and a sheet was found missing the bridge. And the purchaser of the sheet was H.E. Harrison. They actually went to court, and and uh, they basically had the court and the U.S. government from printing more of the errors. No,
4: <laughs> that's something I didn't know. So the U.S. government said, "Ah, oh, we're not going to allow you your windfall."
0: Well, they were going. They were going to do exactly the same thing as the 1962 Herschell stamp. Yeah. yeah. But because Harris had Harris had the financial wherewithal, they could go to court and stop it.
4: Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Why would uh, what would be your argument? Uh, you're going to destroy the vol- value of my item.
0: It was an unintentional error. Yeah. And, and the government is basically going to try to make something valueless when it actually had value. And they, they cited, among other things, uh, the C3A, stating that um, you guys didn't produce a bunch of C3A sheets when we found the C3A.
4: And then they did <laughs> in 20, what, 2018, right? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a little aside thing. Here's my question. Why are Christmas stamps not really sought after or valuable? Why are, why are they like disdained? There's a lot of color omitted and things like that. And for some reason, people love when a uh, horse stamp has a color omitted. But if a Christmas stamp has a color omitted, uh, everybody shuns it or doesn't do anything about it.
0: Well, they definitely print more Christmas stamps, more just because everybody, when they send out their Christmas cards, uses Christmas stamps.
4: When was uh, the last time you sent a Christmas card?
0: This past year. Oh, you did? Yeah, I actually sent. I actually sent out a bunch of them.
4: Well, um, hats off to you.
0: I actually bought the Christmas cards from Costco and I sent them out.
4: P.S.E. with our, we we literally have a couple thousand customers, and I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be saying this to people because they'll say, why wasn't I on the list? But we sent out exactly 50 Christmas cards. We we bought a box of 50 and we mailed them out. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that explains it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but people don't, people, um, you know, once Christmas is passed and the stamps are left around, people just, you know, they they just use them for anything. Yep. Yeah. And they always make Christmas stamps. Every year they always have a new Christmas stamp that has you know, two or three subjects, a religious subject, and then one that's
4: secular. Well, I'm waiting for them to do the Festivus stamp.
3: I think I'm probably one of the rarities because that is one of the topics that I collect is Christmas. Yeah. So.
4: I know that a lot of people do collect them. So then, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, the most sought after the most popular let's say most popular uh color omitted that i see is the walt disney stamp because you have like some of the elves missing and some of the just also it's a picture of walt disney with a whole bunch of cartoon characters and depending on what color is missing those cartoon characters are like ghosts or disappear and i have always liked that stamp what are some other color varieties that you folks like? Well, the the
5: um, the one dollar candle candelabra from the Americana series. You've got a couple of different errors on the same issue. One is the inverted, uh, the so-called CIA invert, which we know was sold over the counter because somebody at the CIA bought a sheet, but when you've got a, a a stamp that has only one color all you see is the outline of the candle <laughs> you know that makes me wonder you know there's just no way that that got sold over the counter so you know where did it come from and you know and is it you know is it as valuable as the as the invert well obviously that's not true because no, the invert is, is 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 very valuable but um, you know, but the the value of that stamp is highly speculative. The value of all these of all these errors are, are highly speculative, uh, because at any time it could be declared that it's printer's waste, and um, you know you don't know where that line is.
4: Well, I don't think I, I think that within the nec- uh, within the first year or two there is a chance of that occurring. But after five or six years, I doubt that. An interesting aside note, uh, you know, here at PSE, we get phone calls from people saying what stamps are worth and stuff. And a pawn shop uh, back east, and I actually think it was in one of the Carolinas, um, they had gotten a bunch of CIA inverts that they wanted to loan money on, and they wanted to get them certified before they loaned the money. And I said, well, it's kind of odd that you would have like eight of them so, send me pictures. And they sent pictures, and they were color omitted. They weren't CIA inverts. And I said, eh, You got a problem here. <laughs> and so <laughs> he said, Okay, thank you very, very much. And uh, never gave me my five bucks for identifying the stamps.
5: <laughs> pawn shops. Damn pawn shops.
4: How about you, Albert? I'm trying to think of
0: a color omitted, and I, right now, for the life of me, can't think of one. The things that I think are color omitted are like uh, on some of the uh, canal zone stationary mm-hmm. um, some of the early stationery from the 20s comes with various color omitted sometimes frame o- sometimes frame only or sometimes head only on these bicolor stationery but those are but those are legitimate because those are you know those were found in the period and and they were not made up
4: also envelopes were rarely sort of checked also I see lots of errors on uh, both envelopes and postcards. They were just hard to print for some reason. How about you, Dave? What's your favorite color in, Color omitted?
2: Well, since I'm colorblind, there's a lot of color omitted out what there.
4: That? You're colorblind?
2: So I'm completely colorblind. So I'm, and yet
4: you're an art teacher.
2: Yeah, let's not mention that.
4: <laughs> I'll edit but, that out.
2: Okay, but for me... Um, for errors I'm all into the double perfs especially on match medicine a lot of the older stamps I think is kind of cool and especially the revenues so if I get a fold over double perfs or something like that I'm pretty happy
4: oh that's cool well anything else congratulations to Stanley Gibbons Wahoo be aware you can own part of a one cent magenta Everybody here is just looking at nothing. I, I, I'm guessing that uh, we are not the customer base that they are looking for.
0: <laughs> you know, when we're talking about errors, there are all kinds of different errors. There's lots of imperfect coils that it, that have come out, um, Some, some where they're only worth... You know five or ten dollars a coil pair so it's real. it's basically there's there's thousands of them
4: oh you tell the one that uh, we had in our we have a meeting every Thursday uh, experts meeting where we share stuff across the table share about the one coil pair that we had here at PSE
5: oh that was one that I brought in where it was a um, it was uh, submitted as a coil pair in, per, in between but what it really was was an imperforate pair that had been added perforations on the left and right, in order to make it the more valuable imperf in between.
4: So, so it was a coil pair that they were trying to pass off as a sheet stamp.
5: Uh, no, it was it was a coil pair that they were trying to pass off as a coil, but um, they were trying to pass it off as imperforate only in these in the center, ah, with the, with perforations on the left and right. So they took. They took a an error coil, which was imperforate coil, and then perforated the left and
4: right. Which is relatively common. I see right. those all the time. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So they per, they 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 took the coil pair, and then perforated the left and right of the coil pair.
3: One that I found earlier was a color shift on a Marilyn Monroe stamp that they were actually selling for two hundred dollars. It makes her face look like an abstract. Piece
4: of art. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had, we had one of those come through for the uh, twenty cent cactus issue, the block of four where two of them are vertical and two of them are horizontal, the weird shape one, and the black was su- substantially shift like almost a quarter of an inch. Yeah, that was one of those compound
5: uh, press deals where the I, I believe all the other colors were lithograph, except the black was engraved.
4: Yeah, and it it made it look incredibly weird. It was just an odd-looking stamp.
0: I still think the greatest of all the all all the errors are the the inverts. Yeah, especially the early inverted centers, for instance, of the United States, like the 1869 inverts or the Pan American inverts. Those are all great items. We had a very interesting two-cent invert, two-cent Pan American invert, at the experts meeting last week that. uh, Turned out the, that the uh, that the image of the train was real, but not the not the frame.
4: Yeah, because if you we were talking about faking stamps, and we were talking about removing the train and then printing the train, in. this person removed the frame. Yeah, and, all the red. And I was thinking, how the heck did they do? Because it didn't look like the paper was overly worked on. I mean, it was damaged. So clearly, when they removed the frame, they you know damaged the paper. But it was really I that one boggles my mind how you can remove the red. Hey, better
0: philately, better philately through chemistry. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tom showed me a a two ninety six a a four cent uh, invert that this that the type E specimen had been removed. Yeah. And I said that's very impressive.
4: That's kind of uh, that's borderline common for a very, very rare stamp to be fixed so that it looked like a very, very rare different stamp. Yeah, for those who are not on Facebook, um, I put pictures of the uh, in cent Inverted Pan American Train on, and so you can see the printing. And it also gives a really cool image of what a VSC does, what our VSC does, because you see... The normal stamp on top of the other stamp, and you can see the two cent frame. But on the one below it, because it's a different wavelength, different ink, different printing process, it basically just sort of disappeared. And so it looks like a regular two cent stamp on top of an almost blank piece of paper. Anything else? Otherwise, we're done.
1: We need your help nothing on the internet is free including our phone and internet connections so you can support the podcast by joining the stamp show here today club the cost is ten dollars for a lifetime membership please include your aps member number as we are an aps affiliated club your support is greatly appreciated our brand new spanking address is 5965 harrison drive suite 6 in las vegas nevada 89120 you left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah.
4: Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, Owen oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come. To go.
3: If this Silkom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven,
2: still doing this show. See you some other time. <laughs> Ugh.
1: You can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting.
4: Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.